Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Christy Burke, president and founder of Burke & Company, a public relations and marketing firm specializing in Legal Tech, and Doug Austin, the editor of eDiscovery Today, a publication covering the electronic discovery industry. The duo have launched a new podcast called He Said, She Said. Christy, Doug, how are you? Great, Ari. How are you doing? Doing great, Ari. Looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it as well. Christy, tell us about your background and the genesis of the He Said, She Said podcast. I have been in the legal tech business for a very long time. I've actually had my own agency for 17 years. Before that, I worked at WorldOx, which is a legal document management solution. So I have basically been around for quite a while. And I love this industry. It's like my second home. And I was writing an article for a publication called Legal Innovation and Technology Today about diversity, equity, and inclusion in legal tech. And it was a call to action, really trying to encourage legal tech companies to get into the conversation and take action on these important issues. And as I was thinking about it, I really realized that the conversation was just beginning. There were so many interesting things going on at ILTA and other organizations within law firms, at companies. And I reached out to Doug, who's my longtime partner in crime. Doug and I worked together and collaborated on many things over the years. And said, hey, why don't we put together a podcast that really can tell some stories and talk to some people, really show the human side of the legal tech world. And so that was the beginning of it all. Doug, how does the new podcast align with your work at eDiscovery today? First, I should note that Christy actually came up with the name he said, she said for the podcast. So, and I had to get this in at some point. That's what she said. (laughs) <laughs> as, as for alignment uh, with eDiscovery Today, he said, she said, aligns and complements it very well. eDiscovery Today is a blog about eDiscovery, information governance, cybersecurity, and data privacy trends, best practices, and case law. He said, she said, addresses topics related to the human side of legal and e- uh, legal tech and eDiscovery, as, as Christy mentioned. I address that aspect with eDiscovery Today from time to time but it's one of many topics I focus on as part of daily blogging at eDiscovery today. Everything from the impact of remote working because of the pandemic to keeping up with technological changes to just how the world today impacts us as humans in this business uh, are the types of things and topics that I see he said, she said, focusing on. And here's a case in point that I think illustrates how a topic might be addressed differently in eDiscovery today versus he said, she said. Yesterday, I covered Frank Reddy's article on Legal Tech News about whether consolidation and e-discovery will squeeze out smaller providers. Certainly from an industry standpoint, it's an interesting topic on e-discovery about where the industry's going in e-discovery today. But the human side of the topic relates to the people affected by this trend. What happens to the people at these smaller providers? Where do they go? What about the providers that are continuing to consolidate? Employers of those companies may be working for a new leadership team as often as every couple of years. I actually had somebody reach out to me recently 
because their company is on their third CEO in about five years. And she was wondering whether she should take the SEDS exam to bolster her credentials in case the new leadership decides to make some cuts. And those are the types of considerations and issues I see us really exploring it, he said, she said, which are really the human side of legal techniques government. Christy, speaking of the human side, the first episode of He Said, She Said focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion in legal tech and e-discovery. Why did you choose that topic and the specific, really talented guests, Deanna Fleener from Integrion, Candice Corby from Cobra Legal Solutions, and Joy Morale from Practice Line Resources that joined you? I mentioned that I had written this article and I had done a lot of research on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And at that time, actually, ILTA had just added equity to its mission in this area. I felt like this was one topic that really was pervasive and permeated every part of our industry, which made it broad and also gave us the opportunity to really delve into some detail. I had worked with Integrion for many years, and Deanna was fantastic, and uh, both Doug and I knew Joy, and Doug knew Candice, so we were very happy to put together an all-female panel, and also Doug was pressed into service to provide the male point of view on the, the panel so that we would be truly inclusive. Uh, we were very excited to have this group of women who are so accomplished, but also so relatable and had so many interesting insights. And we're working on, you know, DEI from their own perspective to make change, which is what it's all about. Doug, what were the key takeaways from that conversation? Well, we certainly discussed and covered a lot. As Christy mentioned, I mean, they're not just leaders from a DEI standpoint, they're three terrific thought leaders in the industry, and their organizations have been strong proponents of DEI in the workplace. So we talked about things like what's holding DEI back and how we get past those obstacles, um, the current state of DEI in legal tech and e-discovery. We talked about strategies for succeeding as a diverse member of the community. And Christy had a great question about wake-up calls regarding when each of the panelists realized they wanted to be part of the solution, not part of the problem regarding DEI. Um, all three women had um, you know, terrific takes uh, when it comes to what's holding back DEI. Deanna made a great point about there being no real definition of what diverse is. Uh, we seem to know when people are getting it wrong, but uh, a lot of organizations don't really know what a successful DEI, DEI program looks like. She also remarked that diversity is no longer just an RFP question. It's about who's actually doing the work and the makeup of the company overall. Joy talked about it from an industry perspective and how legal tech is a career uh, that doesn't always get recognized like it should. Uh, we recognize that doctors in a hospital have a team of nurses and support staff, uh, but we tend to forget that lawyers have a team of support staff assisting them as well. And it's not necessarily a career that everyone's drawn to because of that and also because of the focus on technology. Uh, so Joy recommended keeping yourself educated and always looking for ways to show value as ways for diverse candidates to stand out. Candace spoke of how at Cobra they screen all candidates with a double-blind test before they even know their diversity status. That for them, it's not so much about having a DEI program, but more about hiring the best person for the job, regardless of anything else. And doing so has enabled them to become 89% diverse. So if anything, it's the white males in their organization who are the diverse members. I think she also had a great point of or analogy of peeling back the onion when it comes to diversity. And the fact that some organizations have addressed it at a surface level, 
while others have addressed it or, organically. And we could certainly do an entire podcast on some of the great takes um, in, in our podcast, uh, but uh, folks will have to check out that podcast to find out more. Christy, you're co-hosting with someone in our industry who's renowned for consistency in producing content. How often will you post new episodes of He Said, She Said? And what other themes do you expect to cover? Doug and I have been hard at work planning our next episode. So we are planning to post new episodes uh, every few months. And some of the ideas that we've been talking about are uh, honing in on changes in legal education. And that goes all the way from law school education all the way up through law firms, in-house legal, corporate legal operations, and different ways that not only technology training, but also education in terms of legal innovation, entrepreneurship, and other more out-of-the-box ideas are finding their way into legal education. So that's one major area that we've been talking about for our next one, and we have a lot of ideas of who might be great panelists for that. And then the other a topic that we've been speaking about is how the technology can actually change the legal profession and the IT professionals' lives for the better, and how that is actually manifesting at law firms, at corporations, at associations. So we certainly have our work cut out for us and no shortage of ideas. And between Doug and I, we, of course, know a lot of people. And uh, so we're really looking forward to getting the engine together to hopefully do another one before the end of the year and then do uh, several next year. Doug, what trends are you seeing impacting e-discovery going forward? What isn't impacting e-discovery today? Uh, we could also do an entire podcast just on that. Uh, there's several I can think of. To start with, we're certainly seeing the sources of ESI that are discoverable becoming more diverse. Uh, we're certainly seeing mobile devices regularly discoverable. And we're seeing a lot more from collaboration apps like Slack and Teams, uh, Zoom recordings too. Uh, that started before the pandemic, uh, but it's been accelerated considerably uh, because so many of us have been working remotely and the use of these uh, apps has skyrocketed. We're communicating in new ways, partly because we have to and partly because it's just a more natural way to work with teams that were already well dispersed in many organizations before the pandemic. Speaking of the pandemic, the shift to more discovery services being conducted remotely, for that matter, more of everything being conducted remotely. So that means an accelerated push to the cloud for e-discovery technology and technology in general. That push to the cloud means that our office and email are coming more and more from M365 and G Suite instead of local office on a desktop or network. It also means that services like collection and review are being done much more remotely these days. And uh, I honestly don't see it returning to the way it was uh, before the pandemic started. Um, newer use cases is another trend I see in discovery. It's not just about litigation anymore. It's about investigations and audits and second requests and data privacy compliance and so forth. David, data privacy legislation in Europe and the U.S. have magnified data subject access requests or DSARs as an important use case that has to be addressed in discovery these days. It used to be that your organization needed to have significant litigation to have a need for e-discovery technology, but that's really no longer the case. Pretty much any business of any size today needs e-discovery technology. 
Um, another trend that I alluded to earlier that I see is all the M&A activity and investment in the industry. Uh, as I mentioned before, a lot of people are talking about consolidation in e-discovery, and we're seeing plenty of that. Uh, but we're also still seeing plenty of providers on both the software and services side. So I think we've got a long way to go before we get to the point that there are a handful of providers and not much else. And part of that is due to the fact that the industry changes so rapidly that there's always new entries coming into the industry looking to make their mark to address new challenges. So to use a sports analogy, uh, you can't tell the players without a scorecard when it comes to looking at the e-discovery industry. And then I would say maybe a final trend is kind of what I would call the AAA of innovation in our industry, automation, analytics, and AI. E-discovery is about workflows, and streamlining workflows in e-discovery is one of the perpetual challenges we have in our industry. Just about the time you get a good streamlined uh, flow to manage discovery, uh, the requirements change for things like data privacy compliance or investigations, or the sources of data change. Things are always changing, which means that discovery workflows are changing too. And for some of us, thankfully, that means job security. Christy, where do you see legal tech headed? I'm glad that Doug mentioned so many things he did about e-discovery because I believe a lot of those will manifest in legal tech as a whole, the market consolidation, the incredible M&A activity, which seems to have no end. I see a lot of the world through the media eyes seeing the different publications, and I have actually never seen the media covering legal tech to the extent that it is now. You know, the fact that major publications like Reuters and Bloomberg are now covering legal tech, whereas it used to be seen as a niche and too vertical to really be relevant to larger groups of businesses and people. It's very exciting to see the media attention on a global scale that legal tech is getting now. And that's because so many companies have become so successful and there's a lot of money in the industry. There's a lot of money being invested and companies are doing extremely well. I think the pandemic did kick off a very fervent interest in legal technology, and a lot of law firms did automate a lot of things and get on the train of technology the way they had never been before. I do think that there is going to be a continued march toward the cloud. A lot of law firms are already there. Others are trying to get there, and they're using every possible tool to do it. I think the tech vendors are doing their best to develop the cloud-based products and to integrate the systems in the same way that they were with the on-prem solutions, which is a big, difficult thing to do. There is a lot of work going on. There's a long road to getting there to a fully integrated cloud solution for law firms. But I'm, I'm glad to see there's so much interest in technology and that it's being seen in a really positive light as a helpful tool, which I believe is what legal tech vendors were always hoping that law firms and corporate legal would see it as. So I think we're there and people are leaning forward and they're leaning in. And it's a very exciting time to be in legal tech. Another thing that Doug was speaking about where the e-discovery technology was starting to have other uses, I'm seeing that also. I'm seeing that so many of these analytics tools and uh, data mining tools are being used for different purposes because they're not limited to any one task. It's really a function conversation. 
And so I think some of the creativity with that is very inspiring. So you may take a product that was used for e-discovery and be able to use it for contracts, be able to use it for other purposes that were not even conceived when the product was developed. So I'm excited to be a witness to the industry and a participant, and I'm really looking forward to 2022. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Christy Burke, president and founder of Burke and & Company, and Doug Austin, editor of eDiscovery Today, who are the co-hosts of a new podcast called He Said, She Said. Christy, Doug, thanks so much, and best of luck with the new program. Thanks, Ari. Thanks, Ari, for having us. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.